Hello and welcome to the podcast, Ambitious Audacious Women with ADHD. I am your host, Katie Stibbs, and I help ambitious women who think differently simplify the big three, which is love, work and well-being, so they achieve their version of happy success. We are here to share stories, strategies and chat about our beautiful minds. So if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and download the accompanying strategy guide at katiestibbs.com. Hello and welcome to this episode, which is about breath. Now, do not switch off. I know you've heard about the power of breathing. And it is a massive component of what I support my clients with in regulating their nervous systems and regulating their emotions. And that obviously provokes and activates their ability to kind of be in their life feeling great, being in their business feeling great. So I know all about breath or a lot about breath. And I just want to share this incredible book that I was given. And, you know, it's got the boring title of Breathe. And it's by a journalist called James Nestor. And I'm just so excited about this book because it explains more about breath and the power of breath and the transformation that good breathing can kind of invoke in the human experience. It is unreal. So I had to talk about this. I had to share it because I just think it's freaking incredible the way this guy has told the story of breath. So let me just, you know, dive in to why you should read the full account. So this journalist Um, an American journalist living in San Francisco at the time, this is probably about 10 years ago, had increasingly poor health, was suffering with like bronchial problems year on year. And his medication stopped working. And his doctor, really more than anything, out of kind of like desperation or didn't know what else to do with him, sent him to a breath class. So he rocks up at the breath class, not, not knowing anything about what to expect and sat in this living room in Haight-Ashbury in San Francisco, if you know that area, and just sat on the floor with a bunch of other people thinking, what the hell am I doing here? They pressed play on the tape recorder, and 20 minutes in, he was like, oh, my God, I have to get out of here. What is this? However, something occurred where over an hour passed and the lights came on and he was literally wringing wet with sweat, like, totally totally drenched and the lady came over and asked you know is he are you okay he was like oh my god thinking how the hell am I going to get home on my bicycle was his first thought and then it was like oh my god I feel incredible and the results you know these these the the overarching thing was it, it lasted a few days and he kept going back and within a year he had literally transformed his health just through this breath class and it kind of activated in him the right the real want to know more about breath so this is his kind of 10-year journey I'm guessing um on 
the incredible, incredible importance of breath. Now, I know it from a like, well, not yoga perspective, but, you know, I've been using my breath and regulating my own nervous system and creating energy when I need to and calming myself down when I need to. And I have been imparting it to my clients and it is incredible. However, I did not realize the gravitas of this. And he basically talks about breath. You know, it's he calls it the new science of a lost art. And obviously, because it's got a science, uh, science book award sticker on the front of it now, uh, and people are actually taking this seriously, and there's more and more research scientific research to back this up that I love it because people will take it more seriously and he talks about like thousands of years of ancient wisdom um and now the cutting edge kind of studies in pulmonology as it's called you know the psychology and the biochemistry is now backing this up that you know, discovering that even the slightest adjustment of the way we inhale and exhale can absolutely change our lives. Like longevity-wise, we are able to jumpstart athletic performance. We are be able to rejuvenate our internal organs. You know, stop asthma and kind of allergies occurring and scoliosis of the spine and ADHD. And doctors, a doctor, I, I'm guessing, you know, when we're going for our checkups, will never ask us about our kind of respiratory rate, you know, but our capacity to breathe has totally changed through the process of evolution. That's what he talks about, our skulls, the shapes of our nasal passages, you know, and 90% of us are breathing incorrectly. And this is causing chronic, chronic disease. You know, like I said, asthma, anxiety, ADHD, psoriasis, and it can be reduced or reversed. And this, and the, and the way he just talks about his investigations and the, the evidence is just unbelievable. So by just changing the way we inhale and exhaling, so breathing in different patterns can influence everything about our body, our body's weight, our health, our performance, and it enables us to hack into our own nervous system, control our immune response. You know, so no matter what you eat, how much you, how much exercise you do, how resilient your genes are, you know, how skinny or young you are, it's the breath that is going to make the biggest difference. And from a personal point of view, you know, as I I work with a lot of women and support a lot of women that are super women, in my opinion, ambitious women that are really trying to kind of live into their fullest potential, they've got to be on their best form. You know, they they want to feel good about themselves. They want to be able to perform as in like feel good while they're looking after their family and doing the work that they do and all of the stuff, you know, so they can't afford to mentally, physically, financially be 
lacking in this way. So this really, really like ties in to what I know anyway, but just love this kind of anecdotal, well, not anecdotal, this like backed research science. Um, so as I mentioned, James Nestor goes on this incredible journey of investigating you know, not only the science, but the ancients, traditions of breath and what they knew already um, that we are now beginning to take into account. So the fact that our respiratory rate is not monitored and breath is the most important part. And the long and short of this is, in many ways, is that slow breathing is the key in a long haul. There's lots of different ways of breathing that we can um, tap into and learn to change our states. But just from a point of view of being healthy, the fewer breaths we take, the better. And nose breathing is the key. What is happening as we as if we evolve is our skulls are changing shape. Our neuroplasticity is not as it was. We are snoring, so and snoring. Nobody should be snoring. And I'm just thinking about my um, some of my family members here that I have to share this book with, because this is something that we can actively change we can change the way we breathe. So the journalist in question has always, you know, unwittingly not known that his nasal passages, all of his kind of tubes and wiring inside of his skull um, has like hugely diminished, you know, the cavities have reduced, the airways have got smaller. And it's actually changed the shape of his face and really impacted it, impacted his health. So him and another Swedish guy who is who's obsessed with breath that he's found on the internet and kind of made a relationship with over the over the while, in you know, agree to do um to be involved in this research at Stanford University, where they have their noses plugged for 10 days and they have many, many tests, blood tests, all different kinds of tests to kind of find out exactly what is going on there and within 10 days the results are absolutely incredible the blood pressure is absolutely sky high I mean and these guys you know Olsen the Swedish guy particularly is super fit he's obsessed with breath in fact he was a kind of entrepreneur he was like a really successful entrepreneur and gave everything away to do research on breath because he knew that he was onto something and I know um Wim Hof and all of these people have made it kind of more accessible or we know more about it but just listening to these stories and oh it's just incredible so the long and short of it was they had their obviously their noses um, plugged for 10 days and then came back and saw the results and <laughs> Chris the journalist like his nose had basically in those 10 days been destroyed inside. It was basically falling. They had to kind of, the doctor had to do some kind of recovery process because in that short amount of time, his the insides of his skull were about to fall out of his nose. I mean, <laughs> this is serious stuff. 
you know, he goes and interviews a um, a dentist in America that's also obsessed with breathing. And her and her colleague for decades have been investigating this in the, not in the hope because they're actually doing it, finding out how to kind of recreate the structure within the nasal cavity and all the tubes and the teeth um, in the jaw and everything. So people, kids especially, can breathe properly. And he gives this story of this girl, this seven-year-old girl called Gigi from a very wealthy family, very well fed, took vitamins, exercised. And he saw a picture of her, kind of dark circles around the eyes, teeth jutting out everywhere, um, chap lips, asthma, allergies, and chronic snoring, sleep apnea. And the Evans had reconstructed her kind of nasal passages and re you know, put certain braces on. And basically, two years later, I mean, that sounds a long time. So by the time she was nine, that she showed him another picture of Gigi and she, he said it was unbelievable. Like a whole shape, face shape had changed. She was kind of wide and glowing and healthy. And he said he just couldn't believe it. And she said that 90% of kids have some kind of nasal cavity deformity of some kind, nasal or mouth, you know, and it's if it's affecting their health. 90%. I was just blown away by this. And, you know, I know this, you know, that is kind of, you know, having the surgery and, but there's so many people I think will benefit from learning this information if you've got kids with asthma, allergies, all of the above. And it also makes me wonder, because I talk about this a lot and I think maybe I shouldn't because I'm, but I, I'm saying this now and I'll probably get one next week, but I do obviously a lot of breath work but I never get a cold. I have totally, and I've worked with lots of young people close that was in, you know, around COVID times, well, lots of people in small rooms. Um, and I've never, I'm hardly ever ill and I never struggle with breathing stuff. And obviously now there's, that that is not a coincidence. <laughs> That is not a coincidence. Uh, it also makes me want to give this book to my mum, who does struggle with, you know, um, cyclical bronchial stuff, snoring, breathing. And now I know we can do something about that, you know, by practising breathing through the nose. Um, you know, and this this kind of journey they they talk about kind of extremely simple processes that people have stopped doing you know this one girl that his um that was suffered with scoliosis managed to totally straighten her spine through breath work and then went on to work in germany helping before her death helping many others do the same. And then we just, 
we don't know about this. This simple work that is basically changing people's lives. So instead of, you know, going to have to take, you know, for asthma, steroids, for example. I mean, there's so much evidence in this book because you've got to read it of, of, of people that have totally transformed from barely being able to breathe to being fit and healthy again. So I know I'm banging on a little bit, but I just think this book is one of the best books I've ever read. Because also anybody can take advantage of just breathing less and breathing through the nose. And I've got to share this part with you. And I'm going to read it directly from the book because it, it well, you can make of it what you will, but it blew my mind. So one of the points of evidence. So what researchers eventually managed to confirm was that nasal erectile tissue mirrors states of health. It would become inflamed during sickness or other states of imbalance. If the nose became infected, the nasal cycle became more pronounced and switched back and forth quickly. The right and left nasal cavities also worked like a HVAC system, controlling temperature, blood pressure, feeding the brain chemicals to alter our mood, emotions and sleep states. The right nostril is a gas pedal. When you're inhaling primarily through this channel, circulation speeds up, your body gets hotter and cortisol levels, blood pressure and heart rate increase. And this happens because breathing through the right side of the nose activates the sympathetic nervous system or flight or fight that puts the body in a more elevated state of alertness and readiness. And breathing through the right nostril will also feed more blood to the opposite hemisphere of the brain, specifically to the prefrontal cortex, which has been associated with logical decisions, language and computing. Inhaling through the left nostril has the opposite effect. It works as a kind of brake system to the right nostril's accelerator. The left nostril is more deeply connected to the parasympathetic nervous system. The rest and relaxation that lowers blood pressure cools the body and reduces anxiety. Left nostril breathing shifts blood flow to the opposite side of the prefrontal cortex, to the area that influences creative thoughts and plays a role in the formulation of mental abstractions and the production of negative emotions. And so in 2015, researchers at the University of California, San Diego, recorded the breathing pattern of a schizophrenic woman over the course of three consecutive years and found that she held a significantly greater left nostril dominance. This breathing habit, they hypothesized, was, slight, was likely overstimulating the right side creative part of her brain and as a result, prodding her imagination to run amok. Over several sessions, the researchers taught her to breathe through her opposite logical nostril as she experienced far fewer hallucinations. Our bodies operate most efficiently in a state of balance, pivoting between action and relaxation, daydreaming and reasoned thought. This balance is influenced by the nasal cycle and may even be controlled by it. It's a balance that can also be gamed. Ah. Oh. I mean, really? 
So alternate nostril breathing with, you know, I do alternate nostril breathing as one of my practices and then just breathe through the left and just breathe through the right. But when it is it kind of a story goes with that, a real life example of what I'm talking about here. It is so powerful, isn't it? And the whole idea that ADHD could be kind of reversed by activating parts of the brain that need to be activated is also incredibly powerful. So, you know, the long and short of this is, I keep saying that, don't I? The long and short of this is that the simplest, simplest things, and I know we know this intellectually, I know before I even picked up this book that, you know, I am a, you know, avid practitioner of breath. But for me, you know, just having this, you know, the science and the stories and the reasons why and the statistics of how many kids, how many humans are struggling that are going to die early um, because they're breathing through their mouth all the time when they can reverse it. So on that note, please go and get the book you will not be disappointed. I am really hoping that life is good for you right now. I know that, you know, emotional regulation is difficult for a lot of people in this space. And I just want to celebrate that as well as kind of look at it as something that needs to be modified and regulated because we feel a lot we a lot many of us not all of us um but many of us here in this space feel a lot of emotion and I really do think that living a life of real expansion and the whole gamut, being able to experience the whole gamut of emotions is a wonderful thing if we can also as well be able to kind of regulate ourselves and pick and choose because a lot of people out there do not feel anything and are so shut down. And I know we might envy that sometimes, but actually, really, I really want you to celebrate that ability to feel, to empathise, have incredible sensitivity to other people and ourselves. So, Yeah, I just wanted to end on that note and just sending love to each and every one of you. 